Is there a dangerous chemical in your toothpaste? That and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. In a dramatic reversal last week, soon after a federal judge announced that he would not halt construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline, three federal agencies decided the project would not go forward at the present time. As the news reached the protesters near Standing Rock Reservation, there were hoots and hollers and tears of joy. The announcement by the Department of Justice and the EPA was joined by the Army Corps of Engineers, which in July had granted permission for the project. The Corps had approved of the pipelines crossing more than 200 streams and water sources. Just a few months earlier, the EPA had told the Army that there were problems with the pipeline. For example, there would be little time to respond to a leak before it could contaminate the tribe's drinking water. In addition to the EPA, the Interior Department and the Advisory Council on Historic Preservation all said that the Corps had not done an adequate review. The original plans for the pipeline had it running further north above Bismarck, North Dakota, but the route was changed to be closer to Standing Rock, in part because the original plan was near wells that provide Bismarck's drinking water. Critics have noted that if the pipeline wasn't safe to be near Bismarck's water sources, then it wouldn't be safe for the tribes either. The halt on construction of the pipeline is still only temporary. The Army will now reconsider its previous decisions whether the pipeline is in compliance. And the Obama administration announced that it will consult with tribes to determine if current rules protect tribal resources and rights. When people hear the word drought, they frequently think about California, but other areas of the U.S. are suffering too. In Massachusetts last week, the top environmental official expanded the size of the drought warning area, and in Maine, the U.S. Department of Agriculture issued disaster declarations for several counties. In the southeast, rainfall is nearly 12 inches below normal in places, and there's no relief in sight. In northern Georgia, officials have declared a drought, including the Atlanta area. Recent rains from tropical storm Hermine helped other parts of the state, but not the north of Georgia. Outside the U.S., drought continues to affect parts of southern Africa. In Zambia, many small-scale farmers are suffering due to the continuing effects of El Nino, even though the weather phenomenon is over. Much of the country's poverty is in rural areas, and dry conditions are forcing many to migrate towards cities. Some women farmers have given up and have turned to prostitution in order to provide for themselves and their children. A women's rights advocacy group is asking the government to do more to address the urban migration. At the other extreme, last month, South Louisiana was devastated by heavy flooding that caused 13 deaths and left countless people homeless. 30 inches of rain fell in parts of the state near Baton Rouge. In what's being called a rapid response study of the storm, scientists are saying that the event was much more likely now than it was 120 years ago because of climate change. Climate change added extreme humidity to the atmosphere over Louisiana as warmer air can hold much more water vapor. A study was done by NOAA scientists and concluded that a storm like the one last month is now expected to occur at least 40% more often than during the Earth's pre-industrial past. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued a final rule September 2nd that will affect us all. 
the agency will ban 19 antimicrobial chemicals in soaps and body washes, the most common of which is triclosan. The FDA found the compounds no more effective than plain soap and water at preventing illness, and they could actually be dangerous. The chemicals have been linked to infertility, poor brain development, and impaired heart function. But perhaps the biggest worry is the overuse of these chemicals could fuel the rise of antibiotic-resistant bacteria or superbugs. So you might be surprised to learn with all those concerns, triclosan will still be allowed in toothpaste. That's because Colgate-Palmolive convinced the FDA that triclosan's ability to reduce plaque and gingivitis outweighed its risks. Colgate Total is the only toothpaste in the United States that contains triclosan. Rolf Holden, a scientist at Arizona State University who has tracked the chemical for years, finds this frustrating. He points out that when we wash our hands with triclosan, only a small amount gets into our body, but brushing our teeth with it allows the gums to rapidly absorb the chemical into our bloodstream. According to Holden, antimicrobials have been detected in human blood and urine and were even found in 97% of breast milk samples. And triclosan also goes down the drain, not just from toothpaste and soap, but from products ranging from acne treatments to cosmetics to shaving cream that are still permitted to contain the ingredient. And that threatens aquatic life. But retailers have been responding. Target has a sustainable product index that includes triclosan among the substances to be avoided by its suppliers. And Walmart will require its suppliers to stop using the chemical too. And finally this week, while most parents are delighted to see their new baby sit up on its own or eat solid food, a North Carolina family has one-upped you. Robert Absher posted a video to YouTube last week of his infant water skiing. He wanted to boast that his son, who was only six months and 10 days old last Sunday, was the youngest water skier in the world, beating out a baby from Florida who was six months and 27 days old when she skied last May. Future Olympian or called a Child Protective Services? From the comments about the stunt, it's a little bit of both. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Looking for solutions to utility challenges? Get answers at AWWA's Water Infrastructure Conference and Expo, October 30th through November 2nd. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash H2O InfoCon.